Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Monday, October 23rd, 2023. Our first ever Monday episode. We've got Sunday Night Football and ALCS Game 6 on the TV right now. Um, Actually, Jalen Hurts just fumbled the ball, Philly up three uh, in the first quarter, and Texas and Houston are even 1-1 in the top of the third right now. But when it comes to the episode, not much changes. We're going to go through every NFL game. But we're going to preview a little bit of Monday Night Football. We're going to go through all the MLB playoff games from the weekend and all the great, great college football from the weekend. So, um, Colin, how are you feeling Sunday night, first recording? You know, this morning, woke up, felt like shit. Got home, locked in, Sunday night recording, let's go. All right, guys, let's get into NFL Week 7, and it starts with the Chicago Bears versus the Oakland Raiders in Chicago. Donta Foreman, stand up. What a day from Donta Foreman. The hat trick for the kid. Two rushing touchdowns. And on the receiving end of Tyson Badgett's first career passing touchdown. A great game for Tyson Badgett, considering the circumstances. 21 for 29, not bad at all. 162, it's okay. But Jalen Johnson makes Brian Hoyer's day even worse, with the pick six in the fourth quarter, the Bears take business or take care of business, thirty to twelve. Colin, how do you feel about this game? Well, one thing's for certain: we know who Brian Hoyer's favorite target is, because in the first two quarters, Devontae Adams was the only one with the reception. He had the first five receptions for that team, but I will say I was shit talking Tyson a lot last last episode. And he came out and proved us wrong. Oh, yeah. He great, looked great game. Great game. Yeah, Nathan Peterman came in for one one play, I believe, and fumbled the ball. Yeah, he, he got sacked. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, not, I swear, every time every time that man steps on the field, it's just... It's a disaster. Awful. But yeah, Donta Foreman, a fantastic game. 16 carries, 89 yards. The two touchdowns we talked about, but three receptions, 31 yards, and a touchdown there. Nobody else really a factor on the Bears' offense. DJ Moore had a decent game, eight receptions, 54 yards, but nobody else really getting in on it as much. Yeah, one thing I do want to ask, where was Cole Komet? I don't like, know. He, he wasn't hurt. He was taking snaps, but he didn't no even have targets. a target. Yeah. But you know what's funny? He did have a kick return. Really? One kick return for no yards. What the fuck? <laughs> So your tight end one, your tight end two, and your tight end three are getting receptions and targets multiple. Yeah, but your tight end one, come on now. Yeah, Brian Hoyer, just a a, a tough day of work for him. Seventeen for thirty two, one twenty nine, no touchdowns, two picks, one of them going. Uh, I believe one of them to Jalen Johnson, one of them to Tremaine Edmonds, and then Aiden O'Connell also threw a pick. I believe to Jalen Johnson as well. Just a tough day for the Raiders, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Brian Hoyer, before going in this game, 0-12 is in his last 12 games, his last 12 starts. So now we can mark it down for 0-13. Yes, sir. Brian Hoyer, career 0-13 quarterback, but also career backup. So I think I, he's got I a will, ring. With the I Patriots. will Yeah, I, he does. I will say, besides the pick from Aiden O'Connell, he looked better than his start 
Yeah, definitely. He like he looked a lot more comfortable on an NFL field. Yeah, definitely. But the story of this game, obviously, the guys on the defense for Chicago, they look great. Jaquan Brisker had a great game. Tremaine Edmonds, of course, getting a pick, just having a good overall game. Just love what this Bears defense looked like against the Raiders. Just a little update, a little touchdown for senior Tyreek Hill. Yes, sir. He continues his MVP campaign. Never mind. Never, Never mind. mind. What happened? It's a holding call on the offense. Oh, shit. You're obviously oh. ahead of mine, but, yep, I'm seeing it now. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That is tough. Yeah. All right, take it back. No touchdown. But yeah. we'll move on to the next game. Patriots, Bills. Bills go to Foxborough, and Zeke gets it started early, puts the Pats up 10-0 early in the game, believe halfway through the first quarter, gets them the 10-point lead. After the half, James Cook slides one inside the pylon for the Bills' first touchdown. Then Kendrick Bourne gets in the end zone to make it a 12-point lead for the Pats, but Stephon Diggs makes a sliding catch, gets up untouched, and bullies that Pats secondary for six. Josh Allen, with a little QB sneak, taking it to Philly, gets it in there for the late lead at the two-minute warning. But the Pats march down, hit Mike Gesicki to give him the lead with only 12 seconds left on the clock. Gesicki hits his uh, gritty, I guess you could call it. Not quite. (laughs) Uh, And Bill Belichick gets win number 300 in upset fashion, 29-25 over the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean... The Bills just came out so sloppy and so flat. Yeah. And I will say, where has this Mac Jones been all season? This is the Mac Jones the Patriots thought they were drafting. Yeah, 100%. And like 25 for 30, I would never think Mac Jones would do that this season after. And the biggest thing, no picks. Yeah, no picks for Mac Jones. Not even a fumble. Kendrick Bourne had the only fumble. Yeah, and I'll say... that O line only allowed one sack, yeah, for four yards, and that's fantastic. You know, you know, Mac Jones is having a great day when you don't see Bailey Zappi on the field. Yeah, but for the Bills, you kind of got to talk about Gabe Davis being a, an incomplete non-factor. He had five targets, one reception for only six yards, but some of the guys made up for it. Dalton Kincaid, one of his best games of his short career thus far, eight receptions for 75 yards. Stefan Diggs, six receptions, 58 yards. And of course that touchdown we mentioned, James Cook getting it done on the ground and in the air. He combines for just over a hundred yards total, but yeah, it just, the bills just could not keep up and it killed them. Really the first half, that whole first half, Killed them. They try to make the late comeback, but to no avail, Mac Jones leads them down the field, gets the win. Yeah, and I mean, it's a trend we saw in a bunch of games. National tight end day. The tight ends were active today. Oh, yeah. A lot a lot of tight end scores, high receptions, high yards. We'll talk about that later, but we'll also add on Buffalo's defense is struggling. struggling. Heavily. They, they cannot stay healthy, and it, they just keep dropping one after another. Definitely. And it's just you can't be competitive, especially in their division, when you're missing like five to six guys on on your defense. Yeah, it look it's a it's a tough thing to deal with, but the Tyler Bass missed field goal, things like that, over and over and over again, mistakes by this team 
all three aspects of the game, special teams, defense, and offense, making mistakes throughout the game, killed them. And when you face a good coach like Bill Belichick, he knows how to take care of that. Though the Patriots haven't played well this season, they have a good coach, they have the opportunity to win football games, and they just happen to have taken that opportunity this week. Yeah, like you said, good coach. I, I think they got an above-average defense. Yeah, Their offense, they're, they're sneaky. They have guys who could be explosive, like Kendrick Bourne, DeMario Douglas. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson actually played a good factor in the passing game Yeah, today to really help out Mac Jones. But... Yeah, like you said, they're a team that can be sneaky when their quarterback can command their offense. Exactly. Because, you know, up to this point in all of their losses, it really came down to the quarterback play, maybe outside of week one against the Eagles, which was a close, hard-fought game. But I just think that this Patriots team, it can be good. They're still missing key guys on that defense. Matthew Judon is still out. He would have been a huge factor in this game if he were active, but you can kind of say the same for the Bills. So for now, the Patriots, get off get off this horrible, horrible streak and uh, make it 2-5 and five while the Bills continue to stumble. 4-3 and three now. Very surprising. Yeah, they're, they're definitely struggling to keep up, so... But we'll move on to the next game, an NFC beast matchup like no other. Giants-Commanders in New York, and Saquon having his way early. His 32-yard touchdown on the Tyrod Taylor dump-off makes it 14-0 for the Giants early in this game. All in the second quarter, those two touchdowns. And then... Late in the game, or actually, I think it was late in the third quarter, Brian Robinson gets the commies on the board. But ultimately, Sexy Dexy and the rest of that Giants D-line, just too much for the sack vacuum, Sam Howell. (laughs) He's a sack vacuum, dude. He got sacked six times in this game. No, it's not even that. It's that whole sequence that you were just talking about. (laughs) Pretty good writing by me. Yeah, I like it, but All man, right. dude, well, is the G that, the G men take it fourteen seven. Yeah, yeah. Is that O line for Washington absolutely shit? Oh my god, it it was horrible, horrible. Like Sam Howell, I he doesn't stand a chance. No, as soon as as soon as the ball's in his hand, he's got to get rid of it, like screen pass right away, or he's getting sacked. Yeah. Like, luckily, Terry McLaurin had a couple of big plays, but six receptions, ninety yards. He's far and away their leading. Uh, receiver just seems like they cannot do it in the air they have to get it done on the ground and they couldn't this Giants defensive line looked really good they got the uh the sacks of course but they were stopping the run really well oh yeah no I agree uh and I really like what I'm seeing out of Tyrod Taylor agreed um he definitely it's a change of energy for this offense it's a little bit more faster paced um, it just seems like he's got more confidence than what we see from Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones looks like he's scared to even hold the ball. Yeah. Like he knows he's going to fuck up one way or another. Yeah. I was happy Tyra- to see Jalen Hyatt getting involved, two receptions, 75 yards. He made some big plays and big spots. And of course, like you said, Darren Waller, a fantastic game, 98 yards on seven receptions, and he got the touchdown. Yeah. And even just the five targets for Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. That's, that's good numbers for a rookie. And I'm almost positive at least four of those were go routes. Oh, yeah. That's his specialty. Like, his bread and butter. Yeah. But, yeah, no. I totally just lost what I was about to say. 
Sterling Shepard. That's that's the next one. Man, he cannot catch a punt. No, he cannot. He cannot. And then Saquon fumbles late. Kind of scares the Giants a little bit, only up by seven. But luckily they get the stops. But yeah, this it's just a sloppy. This is an NFC beast game if I've ever seen one. And just sloppy play, good defense, and that mixed together results in a surprisingly fun to watch 14 to 7 final. Yeah, the fourth quarter was really just the best quarter to yeah, watch. Yeah, and there was no points scored. And I will say, even though that last drive, that ball was a little bit behind Jahan Dawson, he's got to catch that. Yep. Like, you got to catch that. Because the worst thing Sam Howell could do right there is lead him too far and throw that out of bounds. Yeah. You just got to give your receiver a chance to catch it. And it's receiver's code. If if the ball hits your hands, you got to bring it in. Yep. But for that Giants defense, you know, Jason Pinnock gets a sack. Dexter Lawrence gets a sack. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau gets a sack. Leonard Williams gets a sack. All these guys that we've been looking for all season to make a difference on that defensive line, come out and do it, and luckily the secondary backed him up well. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, And we saw it last week against the Bills. That that yeah. Giants defense, is it's one of the best. Oh, yeah. When they're healthy. When they're healthy. For sure. So. Yeah, we really we can blame this two and five record on the offense. Agree. Those early those early games when they could not put up points. Oh, um, yeah, this game they scored their first like first half offensive touchdown of the season. Yeah. And what is this week week seven, week eight, week seven? seven. Yeah, week seven. That's fucking horrible. Oh yeah, brutal. But somehow they they pull away with a win without Danny Dimes, and um, they move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, they can hit, a, they can hit stride and they really could. start to make some noise in that division. Yeah, get some, you know, improve a little bit on the offensive line, and um, you might find yourself in a good spot. But let's move on to the next game. Falcons at Buccaneers at Raymond James Stadium, and uh, Mike Evans was in A.J. Terrell's head Early in this game, two defensive holds on AJ Terrell, and then later on gets dusted for the tutty by Mike Evans. Kyle Pitts made one of the most ridiculous one handed catches behind his back. Just it's one of those things that I guarantee you tomorrow morning when you're listening to this, you're going to see the overhead view on the Falcons' Instagram. That's absolutely. 100% going to happen. But Desmond Ritter makes multiple attempts to lose this game. The Falcons' defense wouldn't let it happen. The three fumbles in the red zone for Desmond Ritter. He gets bailed out late by Richie Grant and the rest of this defense. And Young Waku sends the boys home. And the Falcons steal one off the Buccaneers, 16-13. And we sit, sit atop the division. Yes, we do. After that win. But no, like you said, bro, what the fuck, Desmond Ritter? Like he's so fucking bad. It it's it it is beyond me how he first of all starts in the NFL and second of all is actually going to continue to start. This game means nothing for the future of Desmond Ritter, which is ridiculous. Absolutely. Um Tyler Algier played more of a factor in the passing game than I would have thought. Yeah. Like, usually he's just, like, your ground ground and pound guy. 
yeah, Bijan Robinson got one touch in this entire game. I guess he came into the game, wasn't feeling too well. Uh, Arthur Smith only threw him out there a handful of times, but ends up getting one touch, one carry for three yards, which we definitely missed him. But Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson did a fantastic job on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was nice to see CP back in action. Yeah. You know, Arthur Smith just, he had the script. He knew we didn't need Bijan for this. We were going to come out on top, let him get a, let him get like a true bye week. Yeah. Right here. Um, but Van got his first catch as a Falcon. For I'd sure. like to see, I'd like to see more targets to him. I would too. But when Drake London was, you know, just kind of catching everything that came his way and Kyle Pitts not doing a bad job either. John U. Smith only got, he got three targets, three catches on, I believe, only the first drive of the game, which yeah. is crazy. But it just kind of went the Falcons' way, and it just it, I don't even know how to explain how we won this football game. <laughs> our, our defense saved us. That's yeah, it. 100%. Richie Grant came up clutch with the interception late, makes up for Desmond's just mirage the, of fun. The conversation still needs to be with that coaching staff. Oh yeah. Desmond Desmond Ritter is not our future quarterback. Like dude, hold on to the ball. Exactly. Like I get one time in the red zone, I'm I'm okay with that. I'll be I'm gonna be a little pissed, but yeah. three times? Yeah, one of them a snap under center that he bobbled and dropped. One of them just standing in the pocket gets it knocked out, and then another as he is waltzing into the end zone, just holding the ball freely to his side, gets punched out. And uh, goes out of bounds into the end zone for a touchback. It's like yeah. it's ridiculous mistakes over and over and over again. Yeah, who was that? Uh, was that Winfield or Levante that punched it out when he was waltzing in? Uh, it was one of those Winfield. On yeah, that, that, one. that that was a that was a great defensive play. Yeah, like he saw Ritter slacking and just put in the extra one percent to go get that. Yeah. But also know, uh, super unlucky for Drake London, reaching yeah. over, pushing the ball down onto the uh, onto the touchdown, like onto the end zone line. But they said his hand touched out of bounds. I don't think his hand touched out of bounds. But luckily, they didn't call it a fumble into the end zone because when the ball hit the ground, it kind of came loose. People thought it came loose before it touched the ground. Nonetheless, they call him down at the one, and then Ritter, of course. Makes a mistake. Uh, it's that white glove made it yeah. hard to see. But, nah, yeah, it's, fuck you, Ritter. Yeah, anything else uh, on this game? No, I mean, overall, uh, besides A.J. Terrell is just, you know, mental toughness. Yeah. Our defense, our defense played exceptional. Yeah, the defensive line looked much better. Uh, Baker only got sacked three times, but they were certainly putting the pressure on, making him miss. I think he threw the ball over Chris Godwin's head five times, six times. It was ridiculous. And, um, yeah, I'm glad we could come out with the win. Yeah, Godwin had 12 targets and only caught six passes. Yeah, whereas Mike Evans had eight targets, six receptions, 82 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, but like you said, we're on top, and hopefully it's going to stay that way. Yeah, well, we will see. But the next game I have no recap for. The Lions head to Baltimore and get their shit fucking exposed. 38 to 6. 
Baltimore. My only thing for this entire recap is how. That's the recap. How the fuck did this happen? You know, Lamar came out hot. They they heard all the hype about the Detroit Lions and how they're becoming favorites to go back to the Super Bowl. Back, they've never been. Or, you know, (laughs) to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And he had to shut them up. That's that's really about it. Yeah, despite Um, the efforts of Jameer Gibbs and Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs, best performance all season. Oh, yeah. 11 carries, 68 yards, and a touchdown. And then he also had nine receptions for 58 yards on the air. Yeah, absolutely. But Lamar spread the ball well today. Yeah. Like, and for us to see him go 21 for 27, 357 yards and three touchdowns with zero sacks, too. That was the big part. Yeah, this Detroit defense is nasty. Their D-line and their linebackers are disgusting. And for Baltimore's uh, O-line, who really has been struggling over the past couple games, to hold them to zero sacks is crazy. Yeah, Lamar did a good job of controlling himself a little bit in the run game, not biting on everything. And, you know, with his offensive line playing so well in this game, they gave him time, didn't make him have to run. And, you know, he ran in that first touchdown, but otherwise just threw the ball fantastic. And Mark Andrews having a day for National Tight Ends Day. You know, it was I a theme to... this week, 100%. It was. National it was. Tight Ends Day was real. Yeah, but also you look at Gus Edwards. One reception, yeah. 80 yards. <laughs> yeah, just ridiculous. That man, that man turned on the burners down the sideline. Yeah, this and, and game, you, I, I don't think I've ever been more wrong about a game ever. I said on Friday's episode that the Lions would go and win as road underdogs. I said, this is not the week that the Ravens show us an efficient game in the passing game. I said... The opposite of everything that happened, because Lamar yeah. threw for 357 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, a flawless performance outside of the fumble. Yeah, and what sucks is that I, I it probably kind of helped with Montgomery being out and with yeah. Jameer Gibbs being more of a pass-catching running back. Jared Goff threw the ball 53 times. Yeah. And that's because they were down early. Yeah, you go down 28-0 to at the half. You come back out in the third. They tack on another one. You're down 35-0 going into the fourth quarter. You're going to force the quarterback to throw the ball a lot. Yeah, it was it was a brutal. And especially Jamison Williams, six targets, oh my God, zero dude. catches. It was bad. Six. There's a lot of routes that he just gave up on. Yeah. Like, the, like he's quick. Yeah. He can move. And like, I'd like to see you give that extra effort to try to get the ball, especially when you're fighting a comeback. All it takes is for one big play to spark something up. Yeah, and Panay Sewell with like a, a handful of holding calls in this game, he looked bad. Like a whole lot of stuff just going wrong on Detroit's side of the ball. And I think part of it could just be the the fact that they started getting comfortable. They they yeah. started thinking that going in all these games they have to win and they, you know, they they are the winner going into the game, but they weren't even a favorite in Vegas's eyes going into this one. It's always tough to go out, and that Baltimore defense is like exciting to watch. They're oh, explosive. Yeah. They're quick. Yeah, this is um, the first time they've really put together a complete performance. But 
even in past weeks, the run game might be off, but the pass game looks good, things like that. That's just how a Lamar Jackson offense runs. Yeah. And, and man, did Kyle Van Noy have a day today? Yeah. Logged in two sacks. And, like, that's beautiful work. Oh, yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Anything else uh, in this game? Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Amon Ross St. Brown had 19 targets. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Like 13 for 19? Like what? Yeah, that is ridiculous. Hey, I guess that's what happens when you throw the ball 53 fucking times. Yeah, also hoping that uh, Muhammad Ibrahim is okay. He got taken off the field uh, in the cart. Uh, So hopefully he's all right. I haven't gotten any updates on what his injury was. but Uh, It it came out he's got to have hip surgery. Oh, yeah, that's not good. So yeah, Um, he's done. Let's move on to probably the most exciting game of the day. Yes. Somehow, <laughs> the Browns visit the Colts in uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. The roof was open. The windows were closed. In that scenario, the Colts are 10-0. and But not if the Browns have anything to say because Jerome Ford gets it started with a 69-yard touchdown on the opening drive. Pretty nice if I do say so myself. Gardner Minshew. Then he starts getting it done on the ground as well. They take the 17 or sorry, 14 to 7 lead before Deshaun Watson exits the game. Seemed like he reinvigorated that shoulder injury he's been out with. PJ Walker comes in, marches him down the field. Kareem Hunt runs one in in the Wildcat to even the score at 14. Miles Garrett gets out there on special teams, gets the block on Matt Gay's 60-yard attempt. Then Minshew comes back out there, shows off a little bit more magic, makes Thornhill miss, and runs in another to make it 21-17. But it's not done yet because that was it. That wasn't even halftime yet. <laughs> yeah, like what is that? That's uh 27 to 21. Uh going into halftime. Yeah. So 21-17 and then Garrett makes another move, steps up again for the strip sack in the end zone right before the half. The Browns recover it. The Browns take the lead, 24-21, and then they tack on another field goal before the half. Jonathan Taylor comes out in the second half, gets his first rushing touchdown of the season to make it a two-point game in the third. Michael Pittman turned a ordinary slant into a 75-yard touchdown reception, turning on the Jets for once, and... uh. Gives the Colts the lead, 38-33. P.J. Walker then leads the Browns down the field, and we get a classic hunt punch for it. For the lead. I'm sorry. That was great. Hunt punches it in for the lead with 15 seconds on the clock, and the Browns take it 39-38 in a thriller. Yeah, what a a great game. Yeah. Honestly, Two backup quarterbacks giving us probably the best game of the week so far. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, like Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew was 15 for 23 With and three still and had five. 305 yeah. passing yards. 13.3 yards per attempt. And he ran in two touchdowns. Yeah. He had four total touchdowns in this game. Threw one pick, but not that bad. Got sacked four times um, and lost three fumbles. And somehow, they still put up 38 points. 
Yeah. What's really surprising is that basically Amari Cooper was like a non-factor. Yeah. In that in that game, like I think he got his first catch in the third quarter. Yeah. Like, and he ended up he ended up having two receptions on eight targets. <laughs> like him and him and PJ just could not connect. Yeah. There was a hundred and thirty nine plays run in this game. Oof. Just a whole lot of offense to go wow. around. Yeah, and it's also crazy how, like you said, Jerome Ford broke open a 69-yard uh, rushing touchdown to start the game. Yeah. He finished the game 11 carries, 74 yards. <laughs> so basically non-factor after that. Yeah, five yards on his other 10 carries combined. Kareem Hunt just, I think both of his touchdowns were like two and five yards. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I even liked what I saw out of Pierre Strong Jr. He like, keeps he, looking like, Decent every time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he looks good. He a great RB three that I would love to have. Yeah, and Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss continue to do great work splitting the carries. Jonathan Taylor had three receptions for forty five yards. Josh Downs had the game of a lifetime: five receptions, one hundred twenty five yards, and a tud. And then of course Michael Pittman on his only two receptions had eighty three yards and a touchdown, including that seventy five yarder. Yeah, just like. Garner Mitchell just loved to throw the ball downfield this game. He did, and um, to a fault, it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was working there for a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. But, but yeah, that that Browns defense, though they gave up a shitload of points, you got to give them some credit for the turnovers. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, Miles Garrett's got to log in his two sacks as always. Yep, that man's like unstoppable. Yeah, on the line, like he's he's just. A freak of nature. He is. He is insane. But no, it's like when uh, the Colts got that fumble there at the end on PJ Walker, I thought that was a wrap. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's game over. De- uh, DeForest Buckner definitely just, you know, nail in the coffin. Yep. Nope. Nope. But, uh, you know, Brown's four and two. I did not think they would be like that. No, not yeah, at all. Yeah. We knew their defense was good, and you know they got a couple additions on the offense. But I did not. With Nick Chubb going down, I thought it was a wrap yeah. on and the season. With Deshaun's injuries throughout this season, I definitely didn't expect this, but they've looked great nonetheless. But let's get into the four o'clock slate: Broncos, Packers in Denver, Mile High Stadium. Russell Wilson finds Cortland Sutton wide open in the end zone to give the Broncos the 16-3 lead in the third quarter. Yes, I'm starting this recap in the third quarter because it was 9-0 in the end of the first half. Um, But Russell Wilson finds Cortland Sutton. Then Jordan Love finds one uh, out there in the end zone to Dubs, and he rips it down for the touchdown in double coverage. Gets the Packers back in the game 16 to 10. Kareem Jackson hits the living shit out of Luke Musgrave. Just this kid gets beat up week by week. It's ridiculous. He literally just came back from a concussion. Yeah. And then got his head ripped off by Kareem Jackson, who gets ejected. Also, Kareem Jackson has already been fined $90,000 so far this season before this hit. You'd think you'd stop hitting him in the head. He's got, he's got to let he's got to let out some anger, man. He's he's tired of this team. Hit Sean Payton, then. 
<laughs> he probably does. He might. Yeah. In practice, just hitting the shit out of Russell Wilson. Yeah, no, Russell Wilson and uh, Kareem Jackson, Oklahoma drills. Yeah. We'd love to see it. But to continue, Jordan Love tries to find Dubs again in the end zone. He tips it off his hand right into the hands of Jaden Reed for the touchdown, and the Packers find themselves in the lead in the fourth quarter. But Denver runs down, kicks a field goal, takes the 19-17 lead, and Jordan Love airs one out, tries to find Samori Torre, but he's locked down by P.J. Locke, who picks it off to ice the game for Denver. Yeah. Did you see Dubs's uh, face after that tip touchdown? Yeah, <laughs> like he he hit him with one of the. Yeah, crazy. But no, that, it was just that was a boring ass game. It's always it Denver's was. win. It's whenever Denver wins, it's a boring ass. Yeah, game. nobody wants to watch Denver win a football game because you know it's not going to be good. Yeah, I will say you know, AJ Dillon had a pretty efficient game on the ground. Yeah, and so did Javante and- Williams on the other side. 15 carries, 61 yards. Aaron Jones still getting worked back in. He's still not looking 100%. Um, but no, it's just like Jordan Love just struggled today. Yeah, he did. Just but, like uh, it, it was just a lot of like the guys deep got locked down and he had no choice but to check it down because like he, he went 21 for 31, which isn't bad, but only 180 yards. Yeah, and oh, dude, I literally had this name at the top. Carrington Valentine. Yeah. Gets a shout-out for nut-tapping Jerry Judy down the sideline. Sends him to the ground. Jerry Judy cannot stand. We've all had that feeling before. Trust me, brother. We're with you. And then... um, Still a a C-tier wide receiver. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, just wait till he gets a good quarterback. He's on the. He's gonna be gone this year. Oh, he's gotta get traded. He's definitely going somewhere else. Yeah. Any any predictions on where he's gonna go? Um. Our luck, it'll be the Dolphins. Nah, there's no room. <laughs> no room. Um, he might find himself on like the Chargers since Mike Williams is hurt. I thought that'd be a good spot. Yeah. Now. Take out, like, so besides the Chargers, with Jay Jettas going down and we don't know when specifically he's going to come back, Kirk likes to throw the ball. Could be. Could be. Line him, line him up with Addison. That'd be kind of nice. Yeah. The trade deadline does come up just after Halloween, so we'll have to see. But for now, yeah, Denver just gets away with a sloppy win. Cortland Sutton had a great game. Javante Williams had a great game, but... Otherwise, yeah, Jaleel McLaughlin got to shout him out for the five carries, forty-five yards. That's not bad at all. But he's he's a great back. Yeah, he's a great back. Yeah, but Denver's defense just played a strong game. They didn't sack Jordan Love once, but they still just looked pretty solid. And that late interception was huge. Yeah, I mean Preston Smith got the only sack in the game, only one sack. That is insane for two pretty shitty teams. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Anything else on this one before we move on? No, I hate talking about the Broncos, man. <laughs> I'm fucking. I'm All right. Tired. Well, you'll hate talking about this game. Seahawks, Cardinals in Seattle. JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba scores his first career 
touchdown to get it open. Then Josh Dobbs shows off the legs on a 25-yard rushing touchdown to equalize. Jake Bobo gets two feet down in the back corner of the end zone, puts one up on the board for not just the Seahawks, but white wide receivers across the nation. And then a uh, a boring-ass second half ends in a Seahawks 20 Cardinals 10 win. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely tell Gino was missing his uh, wide receiver one and DK Metcalf. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth Walker, though, got it going. Yeah. I mean, he's always, he's going to be efficient in almost every game he plays. Yeah. Whether it's in the passing game or just the the ground game. Yeah. Like 26 carries for 105 yards. He'll take that any day of the week. Yeah. I'm still just very happy with Jake Bobo. Four receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, and I'm happy that JSN has seven targets this game. Yeah. And it's not just screens or baby slants. They're letting him run out routes, poster, like go routes. Like, I love it. Yeah, I do too. And for the Cardinals, this is just a matter of getting outplayed. You know, Josh Dobbs didn't have the best game. The offensive line was pretty weak. They couldn't run the ball all that well. Amari DiMarcado wasn't bad at all, and Josh Dobbs on the ground wasn't bad either. You're still missing James Conner very much, and the passing game just kind of struggled. Just non-existent, man. Yeah. the high, Your highest reception, like your reception leader was your running back. All check downs. Yeah. Like, come on. Come on. Hollywood Brown, three three catches on seven targets. You know, you know when your wide receiver one is Hollywood Brown, you are struggling. <laughs> <laughs> like when your quarterback is Josh Dobbs and your your running back is Amari DiMercato, yeah, and your wide receiver is Hollywood Brown, there's a reason you're one and six. Yeah, that's that's fair. Hey, they're gonna have a good quarterback next year. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I've liked how Dobbs has played this year. Yeah. He's ex- he's exceeded my expectations on how he would be. Yeah, they won a game against the Cowboys. Yeah, but no, it's uh. It's just a really boring game. Yeah, very much a boring game. Not much else to talk about here either. So um, let's move on to the next game. Steelers-Rams, a actually good game. The Steelers go on the road to Los Angeles. Stafford on the run, rolling out, finds 2-2 Atwell, who does his best ballet move, spins into the end zone for the 9-3 lead going into the half. And then TJ Watt adds to his Defensive Player of the Year campaign, dropping back in coverage and snagging one for Matt Stafford. That was nasty. Yeah. That and was nasty. An absurd Puka Nakua reception on the sideline gives the Rams some great field position, leads to the touchdown for Darrell Henderson, Deontay Johnson, then steps up, matches Puka, gets the 39-yard gain, sets up a Jalen Warren touchdown to tie the game at 17. This is all in the fourth quarter now that Deontay jo- or Jalen Warren ties up the game at 17. Then Najee Harris completes the comeback with a touchdown, and the Steelers take the lead 24-17 with seven minutes still on the clock. Ball goes back and forth. Kenny Pickett. Ices the game with a questionable fourth and one conversion, and the Steelers leave the City of Angels with a win, twenty four seventeen. Yeah, much more exciting game. Oh yeah, and I, I guess Matthew Stafford's doing doing his thing. You know, he picks one receiver to, sh- to ball out. Yeah, Last I was, week it was Cooper. I just have to say, I'm very surprised by how much they ran the ball in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you you want to find out who your running back. 
Kyron's gone till week 12. Yeah. You got to find out who's going to take the rock. And honestly, like I, I liked Royce Freeman ahead of Daryl Henderson in this game. Yeah, I did. It just seemed like he was much more efficient on the ground. You could definitely run it with Royce Freeman as your main running back and then use Daryl, Daryl Henderson for the pass game. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, you don't need many other hands out there in the pass game when you've got Puka Nakua getting 12 targets and Cooper Cup getting seven targets. Not all that much, but Puka Nakua, eight receptions, 154 yards, and then Tutu Atwell has one reception for the 31-yard touchdown, and Cooper Cup, only two receptions for 29 yards, but he got seven targets. Yeah, that's... Him and Stafford just weren't connecting yeah. today. But I think it's also a matter of defenses just choose to defend him much heavier than Puka Nakua, and they're going to yeah. continue to make that mistake for weeks to come. I was about to say, you've seen enough of Puka. Guard his ass, dude. He's yeah. one. He's still one of the best wideouts in the yeah. league. I, I'm, I think you should make one of them prove you wrong. Yeah. Right, right now, I mean, we saw last week Cooper Cup proved him wrong. So, and then this week it was Puka. But, you know, with Cooper Cup coming back from an injury, I'm more concerned about Puka than Cooper. Yeah, agreed. Honestly. But for the Steelers, the run game, finally getting it done for them. Not a lot of rushing yards, but it worked out very well in the red zone. And uh, Kenny Pickett's efforts just barely got it done, man. George Pickens had a fantastic game. Five receptions, 107. Deontay Johnson's return since I believe he got injured week one. And then, um, yeah, he picks up five receptions, 79 yards, and gets them on route to a, a pretty big win. Puts them to four and two now. That Kenny Pickett played better. He played 100%. much better. Um, yeah, and also you just got to shout out this Pittsburgh defense. Oh, my God, man. They're, They're good. so good. So good. Of course, led by T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick, but the other guys throughout just make it all happen. Larry Ogunjobi had a big sack in a big moment. Same for Nick Herbig, and it just it got it all done. Joey Porter Jr. looked pretty good in coverage. Pat Peterson got beat a couple times by Puka, got to say, but Puka is so fast running across that I was, field. <laughs> I was about to say, they shouldn't have Patrick on him in the first place. No, he's a little too old now. Can't keep up I, with the young bucks. Yeah, it's it was gonna be a long long day for those those uh, secondaries. Honestly, definitely. But for for the Steelers' offense, shutting down Aaron Donald, he hit the QB yeah. twice, but no sacks for him in this game. Both the sacks went to uh, Michael Hoecht, who also led the team in tackles. But yeah, if you can lock down Aaron Donald, you're giving yourself a good chance to win a football game. Yeah, that O-line looked great. No problems at all. Only, Like you said, only gave up two sacks. Yeah. Both teams only gave up two sacks, which is about pretty pretty normal in an NFL game. Yeah, Chris Boswell hitting the 53-yarder. Um, that was fantastic. Brett Maher, what a surprise. He fucking sucks still. He missed an extra point early in the game, and he missed two field goals in this game. That's game-changing. Yeah. That is literally the difference of seven points, which was the difference in this game. What's new? Yeah, crazy. Crazy shit. Um, Ethan Evans, though, crazy. Punter. Four punts, 208 punting yards is insane. Yeah, that, that's... Had two punts land within the 20. 
Yeah, with a long of 68 yards. Yeah, you don't hear us talk much about the punters, but ridiculous punting from him. Um, All right, let's get into the last game of the 4 o'clock slate. Chiefs, Chargers, Marquez Valdez-Scantling got the first touchdown on the board with his 46-yard reception to give Kansas City the 10-3 lead. Then Joshua Kelly showing off his 40 speed and breaks away for a game-tying 49-yard touchdown. Rashi Rice reels it in at the back of the end zone to answer the Chargers, grab the lead until Gerald Everett continues the National Tight Ends Day festivities and ties it up for the Boltmen of Los Angeles. His tight end counterpart, Travis Kelsey, connected with Patrick Mahomes for the duo's 50th touchdown connection. And uh, speaking of connections, Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes showed the world their brand new handshake, which I hate. I watched it. It sucks, but who cares? Because the angriest runner in the NFL, Isaiah Pacheco, punishes the grounds of Arrowhead Stadium, makes it 31-17 Chiefs. They get the win at 31-17. What a game. Oh, my God, man. Patrick Mahomes, stand up, my guy. 32 for 42, 424 passing yards, four touchdowns, and, of course, one pick and one sack. Just ridiculous. He's insane. He is absolutely insane. Yeah, and then, of course, you know, 12 of those passes are going to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, who picked up 179 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Like, like, come on now. There's no way he should have gotten that end zone. Yeah. Absolutely. He got stopped in his tracks and just found a way to land in there. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, I got distracted. ESPN is force feeding me the video of Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes. Oh come on! <laughs> the little oh, fucking it just, like, it just, it just yeah, showed up on me. Yeah, too. it's bad, man. It is bad. They do like the little like eh, 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 eh. I don't even know what the fuck they're doing. And then they like touch hips, and then they like spin around and dance. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I hate it. <laughs> That's yeah. all I have to say. Um, but for the Chargers. Austin Eckler was dog shit. 14 carries for 45 yards. He had two targets, one reception, one yard. Yeah, dude. It's like, do you need a couple more weeks, my guy? Like, Meanwhile, are you good? Joshua Palmer showing off. Obviously, you're putting Legereus Sneed on Keenan Allen just about every play you can because the guy locks up wide receiver ones. But when you leave Joshua Palmer free, five receptions, 133 yards comes out of it. Yeah, absolutely. It was like the beginning, great game. Yeah. Great game. Then the Chiefs just ran away with it. Yeah. That's really all you can say about it. Mahomes was just hitting him in stride. Just felt like he like he could score at will. And he did score at will. Yeah. Not a great national tight end stay for Blake Bell, who had one reception for seven yards and then fumbled it, which was recovered by Derwin James. Yeah. But, I mean, you're not going to show out for Travis Kelsey. That's fair. I got to shout out Kansas City's defense, though. Five sacks in this game, all coming from different guys. You got Mike Dana, Willie Gay, George Karloftis, Drew Tranquil, Charles Omanehu, just all of them getting on on, uh, on Justin Herbert's sack fest. Yeah, absolutely. And my Florida State man, Osante Samuel Jr., joining Derwin James in the turnover club this week. 
Yeah, and really only one field goal from Dicker, which is surprising. Granted, it was a smash of a 55-yarder. Oh, yeah. it, it was probably good from 65, Yeah, if I'm being honest. Like that, it was it was nailed. But other than that, I mean, Mahomes just took, the, took this game over. That's really all you can say. And Herbert's really struggling with the turnovers right now. Yeah, That's like back-to-back games, I think, with more than two turnovers. Yeah, Miko Hardman making his slow return in this game, but one punt return for 50 yards, and then he had one reception. But, or sorry, did he have a reception? Yeah, one reception for six yards. Obviously, wasn't able to do too much, but a big punt return in a, a pretty big moment. Yeah, no, I'm. he's happy to be home. I don't think he was fitting in with the Jets. Yeah. All right, well, I guess we'll uh, we'll catch you up on Sunday Night Football right now. The Eagles have a 17-3 to lead. Uh, two minutes left in the second quarter. Dolphins ball on the... Where they are right now? They are on the midfield. 50. Yeah, on the yeah. 50. Um, box score updates to a... Not off to a fantastic start, but not bad. 9 for 12, 76 yards. No touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Salvin Ahmed with the only positive rushing yard. Raheem Mostert, three carries, negative eight yards thus far. His longest run, negative one yards. You can't run on this team. You no. cannot run on that D-line. There's no way. There, There's not a hole in that defensive line to get through. Yeah, and also this Miami O-line is struggling right now. Definitely. They just they can't give two a time. And the only couple times they have, it's resulted in an offensive hold. So that's called back a Tyreek touchdown, yeah. which I'm kind of salty about. And it, it's it's set back a couple like massive pass plays down the field. Yeah, and Tyreek Hill is getting so many targets. He's already got seven targets, six receptions for 23 yards. Meanwhile, two has only attempted 12 passes. One of them gone to Cedric Wilson for 29 yards. Two of them to Jalen Waddle. And um, and Waddle just left the game. He went to the locker room. Shit. He, he, he was holding his lower back. Oh, God. So, um, hope he's all right. He definitely needs to come back to this game if they want a chance to win. Yeah. Because if he doesn't come back, Tyreek might not see another ball to him because he's going to be quadruple covered. Yeah, I would do that too. Send James Bradbury and Darius Slay at him on every play. Yeah, like make make Cedric Wilson beat you. Yeah. And was it Smythe, Slythe, the tight end? I, I can't remember. Yeah, but I don't um, know. Julio Jones, his first reception, and Kelly Green, one reception for three yards. But Dallas Godair, of course, National Tight Ends Day. Why not show it off? Dallas Goddard, whatever the fuck you want to call him, four receptions, 67 yards, and a touchdown. Did you, you just see that? I'm about to see it. Braxton um, Berrios. Woof. Absolutely. Oh, shit. Absolutely taking ankles I think Alex there. Earl taught him that one. Yeah, but. I just kicked you know, the shit out of my desk. I apologize for the people watching on YouTube. No, you get, this is going to be a, a, a great game throughout the night. I yeah. honestly believe. DeAndre Swift, like I said, is going to run the ball a lot. He's got nine carries, 31 yards in this game. Yep, and there's another pass to Tyreek. Yeah. So make that seven catches on eight targets. <laughs> 38 it's gonna, yards now for the kid. Let, let, let's hit 20, 20 receptions t- tonight. Yeah. There's a chance. I mean, he's on pace for it. Yeah. But, 
Jake Elliott right. made a, a 24-yard field goal. Jason Sanders made a 40. Um, let's talk about Monday Night Football. If anything happens before the half, we'll update you. Yeah. But 49ers-Vikings on Monday Night Football tomorrow. What are we thinking here? So it's weird. So Debo's out. Yeah. Trent Williams, I believe, is out. And I'm pretty sure they just marked Greenlaw out. Uh, Greenlaw is still questionable. McCaffrey questionable as well is what I'm seeing. I I, I saw McCaffrey was trending to active, so we'll yeah. pro- we're gonna see him. Um, I'm not sure about Greenlaw though. Okay. But I don't know. It's just like, obviously no Justin Jefferson. We saw how that offense looked last week. Yeah, but you know you're back home. Like San Fran doesn't like to play in the cold. We we saw what just happened with Cleveland. I, I think it's different. Cleveland's defense is phenomenal. The Vikings' defense is Harrison Non-existent. Smith. Non-existent. Pretty much. The Neil Hunter and Harrison Smith. Yeah. That is it. And think about it. That's been their entire defense for like nine years. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God, every single year we talk about the Vikings, we're like, Harrison Smith, still a good free safety. They had primetime Patrick Peterson. Yeah. Yeah, that just help Harrison Smith out. But no, so here's the thing. I am curious because I think I I don't even know. I don't even know what to think about this game. I just want to say I can't assume that Kyle Shanahan loses two games in a row. Yeah, especially being the Browns and the Vikings. Yeah. Like, come on now. Oh, touchdown Tyreek Hill, baby. No way to go. Let's go. How much time left on the clock? 39 seconds. That was kind of a bomb, too. Wait, That's, hold up. No, it's oh, a 27-yard. 27-yard. Yeah. Beautiful. Love to see beautiful it. throw by Tua. Oh, dude. He left Bradbury in the dust. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. This is just a, an interesting observation. The Kelly Green jerseys make them all look very slow. Yeah. It, it's a slow color. But also, everybody looks slow when you're up against Tyreek Hill. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's an astute observation there. But when it Back comes to down, night. yeah, when it comes to Monday night, look, we've never seen Brock Purdy have to bounce back. But I'm yeah. gonna assume he does a good job of it. Yeah, I, he seems like a guy that's willing to work and willing to do things well. This just seems like one of those things. This is just another part of his introduction to the NFL, and I think he's going to be just fine. Whether he's got Jordan Mason behind him and George Kill in front of him or not, whatever it is, he's going to do yeah. fine. I will say the Vikings are one of the worst teams when covering tight ends, so this is going to be another game that they have to utilize George Kittle. Yeah. Like, just like oh, well, who'd they play two weeks ago? Uh, the George Niners? Kittle had three. Yeah, they, Cowboys. George Kittle. Yeah, George Kittle had three touchdowns. Yeah, we need another game like that. Yeah, and you're gonna. I think. Gonna... I think we'll definitely see a lot of use check in this game. Uh, yeah. running that heavy package with use check and Kittle on the field. Um, either having use check just block a lot, or have him run the ball quite a bit as well. I think we see that quite a bit in this game, and um, yeah, I, I I still think the 49ers are going to win. I just don't trust this Vikings team to win football games. 
Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to see more Elijah Mitchell in the passing game. Yeah. Uh, Jawan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod, um, especially with Debo out, Brandon Ayuk's probably going to get double teamed. And if Christian McCaffrey ends up not playing, then Brandon Ayuk's probably going to be a non-factor because he's just going to be locked down by Harrison Smith there the whole time. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so it looks like we'll probably end up going into the half um, 17 10 Eagles. score predictions for tomorrow night uh score predictions for tomorrow night i'm i'm gonna go niners 20 27 vikings 17 okay i'm taking the vikings okay 28 to 21 you think this team could put up 28 i think they're that i think on the 49ers yeah. kurt Kirk's about to, he's about to go off. You just want him to throw to KJ Osborne. Kirk's about to go off. This is, this is all vested in fantasy football. No, actually, like from the heart, I believe <laughs> in the Vikings. Up, Shut up. I be- You're lying through your fucking teeth. Now, here's the thing. Do you think we see more Cam Akers this week? No, they, they just traded for I- him for nothing. Alexander Madison still got RB1 on lock right now. Yeah, it's crazy because he's not good. Remember how we were just shit-talking him at the beginning of the season? We still should I, be. I had to make a stupid waiver wire pickup, and now he's, <laughs> my, he's my RB1 right now? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah, interesting. But yeah, right, yeah. so we'll see. Is Grayson going to be right, or is Colin going to be right? Uh, I think I'm going to be right, personally. All right. We'll All see. right, well, let's get a quick update on the MLB game that's going on right now. Um, Astros, Astros, Rangers, I don't know where the fuck my tab went. There it's, it is. Rangers up 3-1. Yeah, Rangers up 3-1, middle of the sixth. Um, let's go. See, Framber Valdez already pulled. Just another another shitty ass playoff performance for Framber Valdez. What a surprise! Like Stonehead, Colin said, baby. and then Eovaldi pitching pretty well thus far. Five innings, two hits, only one run, four Ks, but three walks. It's brutal for Eovaldi. Yeah, but, but I mean, we can we can continue to talk about how Kyle Tucker has just been non-existent <laughs> in this postseason so far. Yeah, let's. Let's talk about the NLCS games that we've seen first. Then we'll come back to this one once we've caught up. But let's talk NLCS game four. This was a big one on Friday night. Arizona takes it 6-5. Another hard-fought, close victory for the Diamondbacks, who end up putting three on the board in the eighth, four unanswered runs in total to take the lead and get the win. Just huge, huge for the Diamondbacks at home. Um, not a bad bullpen game for the Diamondbacks. You know, Mantiply throws one innings. He does great. Frias throws an inning and, you know, 1.1, he does great. Nelson gives up a run, which is tough, but not bad. They kind of just had four straight innings of, Little bit brutal showings from the guys, but then Ginkle comes in, he gets the win, and Saywald shuts him down, gives up one hit, three Ks, gets his fifth save of the postseason thus far. You know, the Arizona bullpen's great, but like you said, those four innings of runs, 
you're going up against one of the hottest offenses in October. Yeah. Like you're the only way you are going to win is if you put over five runs. Yeah. Because that is what the Phillies are going to do to you. Yeah, Kyle Schwarber gets a double in this one and a home run. He goes two for three. Gets pinch run for Edmundo Sosa late in the game, which takes his bat out of the lineup. Very weird, but Sosa never comes up to the plate still. Um, Schwarber drew two walks, which is crazy. Um, Trey Turner stays pretty hot. One for three in this game with a walk. Not bad at all. Harper, his first hitless game, I believe, of the postseason uh, I may be incorrect on that, but Bohm finally turns it around. He goes two for four in this game. Stott goes hitless, but when it comes down to this whole lineup, they still played well. They just left quite a few guys on base. Six runners left on base for Philly. Arizona, though, left 10 on base. That seems to be a trend here with Arizona. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, uh, but this is this is turning into a great series that we I honestly thought Philly was going to come in and sweep. I did too. Yeah, I I was concerned that that would happen, but Philly in Game Five on Saturday takes the lead three two. They win the final game in Arizona. Now they get the day off today, Monday night. They play at the bank, and I just don't see this one going well. Philly no. looked fantastic on Saturday night. Yeah. And listen, Shutting down Arizona. Zach Wheeler, a dominant performance. Muriel Kelly already came out and said he hates pitching at the, at the bank already. Yeah. Like, he doesn't like it. And he got and, shelled his last and time. And Aaron Noah thrives in it. Yeah. Honestly. Like, you, the only better setup Philly could do right now is have Zach Wheeler on the mound. Yeah. That is the only thing that would make their setup better. But that got I, him in the uh, in position. Zach Wheeler, now 3-0 and this postseason. This performance... Nothing short of great. 7.0, six hits, one run, one walk, eight Ks. Yeah. Recently, like over the past like 10 years, he's one of the best postseason pitchers out there. Yeah. I don't know about 10 years. I don't even think he's been in the league that long, but I'd probably but say I, know, I was like, I was like looking at some numbers, like even like going back 10 years. Yeah. He's posting like some of the best numbers in the postseason. I'm sure. And one of them's innings pitched. He gets quality starts he every does. time. Yes, he's like, going I deep. I don't think he pitches less than six innings in any of his starts in the postseason. Exactly. I think the, I think maybe the one time like he came out in the sixth inning uh, against the Braves and we knocked him out like after like five and a third. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but, he just continues to do it. And Zach Gallen, for what it's worth, wasn't that bad. Yeah, the two home runs just kind of killed him, but six innings, six hits, that he gives up those four runs. Only two walks, but he just wasn't throwing strikeout stuff like we're used to. Only one strikeout in 93 pitches for him. It seems like he's trying to beat him with the fastball. Yeah. And um, the Phillies are like one of the best fastball-hitting teams out there. Yeah. And you just can't do that. You have to pitch in the postseason. Yeah. Well, you have to use big, your changeup, use your off speed, hit inside, outside, low, high. You're not just going to beat him with a fastball. Like, what is that, Gallon? Like 96, 95? Yeah, somewhere around there. He can hit up yeah. to like 99. Yeah, but like not consistently. So, yeah. 95 is like batting practice to, to these guys. Yeah, for sure. But I think the biggest problem for Gallon is first pitch strikes. 
14 mm-hmm. first pitch strikes and 24 batters faced as opposed to Wheeler who had 28 batters faced and 21 first pitch strikes. When you've got 10 guys on this lethal Phillies offense starting off ahead in the count, you're just kicking yourself after that. Like it's brutal. Yeah, really he just he needs to utilize his off speed for more control to get that first pitch strike. Yeah. Cuz you know they're sitting first pitch fastball cuz that's the best pitch he had command of. Yeah, and like considering how his team played, like yeah, you give up the two runs in the first, you hope that your offense can bring you back into it. You go into the sixth inning, you give up two more, and you just got to feel like it was your fault in this game. Yeah. Despite was- despite his team not putting up a lot on the offensive side, it, it was just a matter of guys were not productive and they weren't lining up right. Like, Carroll, Marte, Moreno, and Walker all record a hit in this game, but each time that the other guy was on base, it seemed like they were striking out. Yeah. 100%. So, I I don't really know how to look at this, you know, going ahead. I think it's just a matter of the Diamondbacks better come with their best stuff when it comes to, uh, to Monday night. Win or go home. Yeah. And just a score update, uh, Dubon just hit a sack fly to right. Jordan Alvarez scores. Now we, it is three to two. Runner on first, two outs. Bottom of the, the bottom, sixth. Yeah. Bottom of the sixth okay. here. Um, all right. Let's talk about Friday's matchup, ALCS game five. Houston takes it over Texas in the final game at Globe Life before it flips back to Minute Maid. And Houston, just it's super weird. Texas starts 2 0. They get both wins at Minute Maid Park away. Houston comes to Globe Life, gets three games straight on the road. Seems weird. It seems like the Rangers should win. Right now, they have the lead in Game 6. But Game 5 stands. This was another fantastic game in what is becoming a classic series. Yeah, and it's, it's like I said. The Astros don't do as well at home in the postseason. But, man, do they thrive on the road. Yeah, They're one of the most dangerous teams on the road. Yeah. Verlander doing probably one of his worst starts in recent times in the postseason. 5.2 innings pitch, 6 hits, 4 runs, 1 walk, 3 Ks, including 2 home runs. He got pulled with 82 pitches. Same goes for Jordan Montgomery. 5.1, 5 hits, 2 runs, 2 walks, 3 strikeouts, 1 home run. He also got pulled with only 82 pitches. But the big story when it comes to the pitching in this game was Bobby Abreu. I don't think it was an intentional pitch, um, but he threw it over the head of uh, Adolis, right? Yeah. Yeah, threw it right past his face, and benches cleared. Guys got mad. I think two guys got kicked out that aren't even on the roster for either team, um, which is crazy. I I saw something about, um, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Lance McCullers and then somebody on the Rangers, but neither of them, like Lance McCullers is on the IR, and one of the guys, I think for Texas, didn't even make the CS roster, but both of them are not allowed back in the dugout for the rest of the series. So I guess they were uh, crazy. You see what Martin Maldonado said? No. He was like, the Astros are the wrong team you want to spark a fight, like spark a match with. Yeah. And Bobby Abreu, I think, got a two-game suspension, so we won't see him until the World Series if they make it. 
Yeah, I mean, let's look at the bullpen again for Texas. They are using the same three guys almost every single game. Every time. As long as their every starting time. pitcher can get into the sixth inning, you yeah. know it's going to be Spores, Chapman, LeClerc. In that order. And like, if somebody come comes out early, it's Dunning, Spores, Chapman, LeClerc. Like, you got to mix it up. Yeah, I agree. Like, all, all three of those guys can, can save a game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just but, don't <laughs> trust Araldis Chapman. But no, Leclerc I, then again blows the save. Astros end up getting the win. But damn, like the Rangers go into that inning up 4-2. They give up three runs and then can't get anything done in the bottom of the ninth. Ryan Presley yeah. getting the win. Um, wish he would have got the save because that man gets so many saves. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And if they if they win that game, Rangers are one win away this year. Like they're leading three to two, and with how this game's looking right now, they could be looking at a World Series yeah. spot like that. But you give Houston the fight, the firepower, and now the, we're just the game six is going to come down to the same thing. Yep, absolutely. Because I think this is probably Evaldi's last. I think he's done. So get ready to see Spores, Chapman, Leclerc. <laughs> Maybe we'll see Will Smith. I don't think we will, but maybe we'll see Will Smith. I went I went silent for a reason. I've experienced too much heartbreak <laughs> with that. What about Chris Stratton? I think Chris Stratton could see the field. Yeah, he, he could uh, throw some solid strikes, you know, get a couple ground balls, a couple fly yeah. outs, a couple home runs. We're chilling. Yeah. But nonetheless, but no. this game is just... It's rolling on top of the seventh, one out, three two Rangers uh, at the moment. Yeah. Um, let's say let's say Rangers Astros on Monday goes to a game seven. Okay, expected starters. Houston's probably Chris, Christian Javier, right? Who's been lights out? Absolutely. Texas is. Uh, who who is Scherzer? It? Is it Scherzer? Who did not look good? No, so I think. It's tough. It's going. It's it's going to get tricky. Definitely. It's going to get tricky. But like, so moral of the story: Diamondbacks got to fight. It's winner go home. Rangers yeah. and Astros going to go down to the wire. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But for now, let's talk a little bit of college football, man. Got and just fantastic. Just a little bit. Well, no, there's quite a bit of college football to talk I about. about to but I want to talk more than just a little bit. We're starting with week eight recap. So much happened. Let's start with the marquee game of the week. Number three, Ohio State, 20. Number seven, Penn State, 12. And my God, does Drew Aller look like shit. Second most boring game <laughs> this week. Yeah. We'll talk about the most boring game later. Don't worry. Yeah. But... Listen, at halftime, it is ten to six. Going into halftime, that's this Ohio State defense, man. Yeah, but I mean, you would expect the Ohio State offense to be a little bit better. Yeah, you'd hope. Penn, Penn State's defense is good, but come on, you Kyle McCord has looked better, and Mar, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is just not human. Is basically what I'm trying to say. But man, Tommy Eichenberg. Yeah. Just a fantastic it, game. 
absolute him and him and steel chambers are all over the field yeah and it's it's really that's about all i can say yeah look marvin harrison jr like you said fantastic game 11 receptions 162 yards and a touchdown kate stover four receptions 70 yards but i i just this game sucked drew aller just looked so bad so many incomplete passes 24 incomplete passes on 42 attempts. He was 18 for 42, 191 yards and a touchdown. They couldn't run the ball well. They, as a team, had 49 rushing yards because Drew Aller's sacks, he got sacked so many times. Awful. Yeah, just a horrible game. Uh, Shout out Catron Allen, sick name. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing it again. Yes. Chip Tranium. Train train him. Zaki Wheatley. Wetley. Kobe Wheatley. King. Danny Dennis Sutton. That's I'm rocking one. with that. Koziah Izzard is mine for this game. Or no, Zaki Wheatley. I like that one the best. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm still gonna rock with Steel Chambers. All right. Come on. When your when your first name is Steel, that's that's fucking baller. Yeah. All right. Yeah, th- look, there's nothing else to talk about in this game. It was just <sighs> a shit show for Drew Aller and a defensive showing for Ohio State. Yeah, listen, if y'all hear us talk about start saying names, that means we're pretty much wrapped up with this game because yeah. it sucked. Yeah, but this game didn't suck, but I'm sure there's some good names in it. Florida State, number four, Florida State, 38, number 16, Duke, 20. What the fuck happened in this game? Duke goes up early. They get the lead going into the second quarter, 10-7. They take a 20 to 7 lead in or sorry, 20 to 17 lead into the second half. Nothing. A stalemate in the third quarter, but a 21 point fourth quarter while Riley Leonard exited the game gives the Knolls an 18 point victory and they cover that 14 point spread. Yeah, so basically the main thing, they could run the ball, y'all's running back could not. Yeah. Trey Benson 10 carries. For 26 yards. Your quarterback had as many carries as your running back. And had more than double the yards. Does something seem a little off there? Uh, Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. But and Lawrence Toafili had a huge, huge touchdown reception at the end on a bubble screen. Which really helped out those running backs. Made them look much better. When Toafili steps up like that. Um, 21 yarder for the touchdown there. And Johnny Wilson made some huge catches early in the game, but goes down with the injury, goes to the locker room. Keon Coleman, little less loud in this game, but two receptions, 54 yards. Jaheim Bell, one of his best games of the season, eight receptions, 53 yards. I'm just, I'm super happy with the way we just kept playing. Jordan Travis, obviously getting beat up in this game quite a bit, but, 27 for 36, 268, two yard or sorry, two touchdowns, one interception. For Riley Leonard, it just it's unfortunate that he kind of he was a game time decision. He plays a majority of the game. He's got the team looking good. Jaquez Moore is leading this team in the running game. And then it falls apart. It all falls apart. And um yeah, it just sucks, man. Yeah. Shout out Deuce Span. Yes. Oh my God! The ninety-nine yard kick return to uh, that, immediately answer a Duke touchdown. That was beautiful. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. 
But uh oh, Mostert's getting it going. Yep. He's got he, some positive yards. I was about to say, is he in the positives yet? I think so. Okay. Oh, Corey Seager. Oh, uh, they got him out. Yep. Damn. Chill yeah. out. <laughs> no, I think it, if God. if Riley Leonard can stay in this game, it's. No, I think closer. we lose. I, I think Florida State loses if Riley Leonard yeah. stays in the game. He went, and I, I have a feeling what happened is the trainers were like, hey, Mike Yoko, don't let him back in the game. He is not good to go, but he's going to ask you if he can come back. Yeah, I mean, he, he wants to win that game. Yeah, I don't 100%. get it. Yeah, he, he's the leader. He's captain yeah. for that team. And shout out to Duke's offensive line not giving up a sack to this amazing uh, Florida State defensive line that yes they got four tackles for loss but just a great game overall for Duke's offensive line and getting Jaquez Moore 16 carries 110 yards and a touchdown they almost as a team ran for 200 yards yeah so I've been hearing a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff about Florida State being overrated where are you hearing that I can't give out my sources your like brain that. No, I don't think they're overrated. All right. I I think they've played below their level for a couple games, like Boston College and Clemson and a couple of those other games. But this is a great victory right here Yeah, to show their dominance in the ACC. I think so. Because um, Duke's good. Yeah. People forget that they literally were this close to beating Notre Dame. Yeah. But also... I, I hate to you know ruin what happened, but we're the only undefeated team in the ACC. Yeah. Just want to point it out. Stay tuned, guys. We'll yeah. talk about that here in a minute. Yeah. But for now, let's talk about your team. Number 11, Alabama, 34. Number 17, Tennessee, 20 on the third weekend of October. Yeah. So basically, the first half, we just forgot how to play football. Jalen yeah. Milrow couldn't use his own two legs to throw a pass. Honestly, dating back to last week, you could say that you guys just don't know how to play football. Yeah. And then you learned how in the second half. Oh, dude, Nick Saban just lit a fire in their ass. And then we just come out 17 point. Like, I think we scored on three consecutive drives starting the third quarter. And then yeah. we attack on 10 in the fourth. Um, but another great game by Jace McClellan. Yeah. Over that 100-yard mark, uh, finished 27 carries, 115 yards, and a touchdown. We'll take that. Yeah, I know we don't really have a dominant running back like we always do, but I will take his production any day of the week. Yep. And I will say, did you see when the Tennessee defender tried to punch the ball out of Roydell Williams and just punches him straight in the back? Yeah, it was hilarious. Like, what? But one thing, but I'll let you talk here in a minute. Jalen Milrow just loves the deep pass. Yeah, he does. It seems like that's how he can only score touchdowns. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, he didn't have a great game, 14 for 21, like a 66% passing percentage, but 220 yards, two touchdowns. Yes, the interception hurt him. But when it comes down to it, when you're facing Joe Milton, as long as you can pass for a decent percentage, you're going to be fine because Joe Milton has a rocket of an arm and doesn't know how to turn it off. I've said it before on this podcast. You ask him to throw 40, he'll throw it 40. And if you ask him to throw it 20, he'll throw it 40. 
That's what he did in this game. He overthrew so many goddamn receivers, except Squirrel Squirrel White. One fucking hell of a name. I love that you pointed that out to me earlier because I didn't even know this guy existed. Ten receptions, 111 yards, and a touchdown for possibly the best name in college football, Squirrel White. Yeah, I'm also rocking with McAllen Castles. Yeah, that one's solid. Uh, Amari Knee Black is a good one for Alabama. We talked about that last yeah, week. Yeah, we talked about him last week. Jihad Campbell. I didn't even see that one. Topical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> trying to see. Donico Slaughter. That one is good. Karat Garland. Gabe Judy L- Lally. I don't yeah. know. All right. Anything else you want to talk about with this game? We're getting into a name hole. So, yeah, no, I will talk. Uh, even for me, it seemed like that game was definitely like heavily favored for Alabama. Okay. On the calls. I'm glad you wanted to address this. Because, like it, like, it was starting to get outrageous and just a little unfair in that second half. Yeah. Like, and it really killed all of Tennessee's momentum. And, you know, Joe, Mil- I will say Joe Milton used his legs a lot better. Um, 15 carries for 59 yards. He out carried their running back. Yeah. Like that's horrible. But on a different note, Tennessee's O-line looked phenomenal. I will say they didn't commit a pre-snap penalty, um, on offense till like the end of the third quarter. Wow. When they get, they got back to back false starts. Wow. But that's like very impressive, especially at the college level. Yeah. Definitely. Um, all right. Let's move on to the next game, though. The number 14 Utah Utes and Kyle Whittingham still have USC's number. Number 18 USC, only 32 here. So Utah gets the two-point win, but this time without Cam Rising still. Cam Rising's probably not going to see the field all season, but Bryson Barnes gets it done while Caleb Williams fucking sucks it up for the third week in a row. Yeah, but what is going on over at USC? Yeah, like say they goodbye are in a rabbit- to a back-to-back Heisman winner. Yeah, and like he had it on lock there if he just kept yeah. performing. Oh, yeah. But I think uh, it's going to Senior Penix Jr. I don't know. Not a great game this week for Penix. We'll talk about it. We'll talk yeah, about it. we will. But shout out Sion Vaki. The wide receiver for Utah, five receptions, 149 yards, and two touchdowns. Bro, look at that lineup of names, the top three receivers. Yeah, Money Parks, Devon Valet. And yeah, Jaquindon Jackson as their leading rusher, 26 carries, 117 yards. Bryson Barnes, the quarterback, had 57 on the ground and a touchdown. But for USC, you know they suck in the passing game. When they've got three rushing touchdowns. That's how you know they're struggling. Because Marshawn Lloyd had a pretty good game. 86 yards and a touchdown. But Caleb Williams had 10 carries. That means they're getting pressured hard. We already know that offensive line isn't great. It really showed in this game versus Utah. Yeah, I mean, Utah's got like one of the better defenses in the Pac-12. Yeah, and it's just... Typically, we talk about the home atmosphere... This one was on the road at USC, and they still got it done. That defense was still fantastic. They were strong up front, and it matched up well against a really, really bad USC offensive line. Yeah, this, 
brutal loss, and this this drops him down very low. Um, yeah. And it's like I said, it's a rabbit hole that's going to be tough to climb out of because their schedule is nowhere near done. No, they've got tough games. Yes, they have Cal next week, but three straight of uh, is it Washington then? Washington, Oregon, yeah, UCLA. Washington, Oregon, UCLA to close out the season. I think they're going to finish eight and four. Yeah, they're losing to Oregon and Washington. Yeah, and they'll be lucky uh, to get away with one at UCLA. Yeah, yeah, the UCLA one is at USC, so that it's might the, same be the only thing that. Place. Yeah, it's the, like I said, it's going to be the only thing that could play a factor if they can get students and fans out there to support them. Yeah, but neither of those teams can. Um, so I think they'll be okay uh, when it comes to the environment. Um, Tackett Curtis. Oh, let me get back to it. Or raise John Davis. That one's Ooh, I, I like that one. Yeah, raise John. What's uh, Junior Tafuna? All right. I like that one. Yep. Hot. All right. Next game, big upset, big, big upset for Mac Brown and the Tar Heels. Virginia, the one and five Virginia Cavaliers, that basketball school in Virginia, 31. The number 10, un- previously undefeated Tar Heels of North Carolina, 27. And all of a sudden, Florida State is lonely at the top. <laughs> Man, dude. The North Carolina Tar Heels, their defense, just non-existent this game. Yeah. The Virginia Cavaliers could score at will. Yeah, which is crazy because they don't. They don't do that. Like, no. UNC should have been insanely good. They should have blown them out of the water. O'Marion Hampton had 112 yards. I think he has 100-plus every week. Drake May had one of his better performances of the season. He had a rushing touchdown, and he threw for 347, two touchdowns, and one pick. But still, Tez Walker making a huge impact in this offense, and I think just his second week back, 11 receptions, 146 yards, and a touchdown. Bryson Nesbitt, three receptions, 93 yards, and a touchdown. And you still can't get it done against fucking Virginia. Yeah, it's horrible. It is god awful for this team. Like, like I'm just like look like I will Tar say Hills. Virginia quarterback, good quarterback name, Tony Musket. Hey. That's solid. I mean, I like their wide receiver Sackett Wood Jr. That is good too. Malachi Fields, good name as hey. well. Dakota Twitty. Ben Smiley the third. Oh. <laughs> That's gotta be the best. Come on. Or Chico Bennett Jr. I like that. Chico I Bennett like Jr. You always got to look at the, the kickers and punters. That's where you get some good names. Yeah. Or the punt returners. Sedarian Harrison for Virginia and Elijah Huzzy for North Carolina. Yeah, that's nice. Solid names. Um. Yeah, look, North Carolina just fucking choked in this game. And, the, and they blew their chance at a playoff. Yeah, they entirely lost their chance at the playoffs. But giving up two touchdowns in quick succession, or sorry, a touchdown and a field goal in quick succession in the third quarter killed them. Like UVA was down by 10 in the third quarter with only nine minutes left in the third. UVA scores the touchdown on a long 
13 play, 74 yard drive that took five and a half minutes. They march down, they kick a field goal, they tie up the game. Then UNC settles for the field goal, and then UVA gets a touchdown and holds them for the last like eight minutes of the game. It's insane, man. Yeah, crazy. Absolutely insane. Hey, there's always that one upset a year in the ACC. Oh, Always. yeah. Well, there's been plenty of upsets this year in the ACC. Um, but, yeah, that one's tough for North Carolina. Um, yeah, let's talk about this game. <laughs> Number two, Michigan. Oh, man. <laughs> and I, it, it must be so hard having to go scout out for the Spartans. Yeah. They're just, they're just so good this year. Yeah, they probably called Mel Tucker on the phone. He was beating his cock. Um but, yeah, Michigan, number two, 49 points against the uh, unranked Michigan State Spartans, zero. Yeah. J.J. McCarthy had a good game. Yeah, uh, Michigan Passing. State showed Hitler on the scoreboard. Uh, no shot. Yes. Actually? Yes. Oh, my. Bro. Yeah, so everything is going wrong for Michigan State. Is anything that could possibly go wrong. Your head coach has been fired for jerking off on the phone with some lady. Um, your team just lost 49-0 to your in-state rival, and you showed Hitler on the fucking scoreboard. <laughs> Come on. Everybody canceled as a university yeah. as a whole. I did get a notification that um, the kid that works, yeah, it, Michigan State suspends staffer, says quiz with Hitler image not viewed in full. I, you don't even need to review these things. You just don't put him in the fucking presentation. It's crazy. Exactly. It's exactly. insane that that even happened. But to the actual football that happened, J.J. McCarthy, 21 for 27, 287 at four touchdowns. Wow. Yeah, that was great. A good performance from J.J. McCarthy. Yeah, Blake Corham had a touchdown, but a very average day on the ground. 15 carries for yeah. 59 yards. Um, and really, I mean, that's really about it. Yeah, uh, J.J. McCarthy spread the ball out really well between A.J. Barner, Colston Loveland, and Roman Wilson. That's really your your top contributors. Yeah. Uh, but this this defense just allowed the Spartans to do nothing. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't expect them to do anything. They've sucked all year, and this offense just continues to suck. Yeah, I mean, when you got a defense led by a guy named TJ Guy, that's great. I, I would have liked to see Michigan get one more touchdown in the fourth quarter, you know, get the even 14s in all quarters. But at the end of the day, they're still showing why they should be ranked high. Oh, yeah. They're, they're no, dominant. Mich Michigan has been dominant, and now – Penn State falls to Ohio State, gives Ohio State a little bit of a case, but Michigan still has to go to Happy Valley, which won't be an easy game against Penn State. Yeah, Penn State can still wreck some chances. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, come on now. They got it. Yeah. And honestly, Wisconsin's playing spoiler, too. Definitely. And oh, Iowa. Sure. I, 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 I didn't see Iowa yeah, up there They did well. go down this week, but. Still, they've got a chance to uh, to be a pretty good team, not offensively, <laughs> because yeah, that, that, that the, game the lowest Minnesota was <laughs> oh my god the lowest point line in FBS history 
at 30 and a half, and they well hit the under. Crazy. Well, 12 to 10. But let's talk about the actual most boring game of the week. 100%. Number five, Washington. 15, the shitty-ass Arizona State Sun Devils. Seven. Yikes. What the Uh, fuck was this? Yeah, before we get too in-depth, I just want to just a little update on this Miami game. So Tyreek has 11 receptions right now. What? The next closest is uh, Waddle with two, and he left in the second quarter and hasn't come back. <laughs> Tyreek has 11 catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, they're not putting enough people on him somehow. It's, it's, it's crazy. He's going to save me from the hot sauces. <laughs> but all right, no, back yeah. to that shitty-ass so, game. Yeah, back to this game. Arizona State sucks. They... Punted on the first drive, missed a field goal on their second drive, turnover on downs on their third drive, punt. Then they somehow scored a touchdown. <laughs> I don't understand how, but yeah, they they somehow scored a touchdown. Washington answers with a field goal, and Arizona State leads going into halftime. Washington State or Washington continues to play a sloppy game, fumbles it on their opening drive, punts on the next one. Luckily, Arizona State misses a field goal. Washington punts again. Turnover on downs for Arizona State. Washington kicks a field goal and makes it 12-7. Just or sorry, 6-7. Then an inter <laughs> a pick six causes Washington to go up 12-7. They fail the two-point conversion. What the fuck? They kick a field goal. Arizona State has a turnover on downs, and that's the football game. What the the fuck? The fact that Michael Penix couldn't get in the end zone. And, like, the two picks were horrible. He had a QBR of 41.4. That's not great. Better than Arizona State's quarterback somehow. Yeah, but Arizona State's horrible. They're one and six. Yeah, but like Jalen Polk, nine receptions, 102 yards. Roma Dunze, five receptions, 82 yards. Like It doesn't make any sense how these guys still put up good numbers in this game. Yeah, I mean, really, it's the you, you two picks, four total turnovers. Yeah. Penix. From, from Penix. Uh fumbled one time or fumbled twice, lost it once. Jalen Polk yeah. fumbled, lost it once. It was just a, a brutal showing for a team that just had a very good win over Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe a little bit of a hangover here. You're giving me mixed emotions here. Like you think they yeah. like just walked them as like, oh, we don't even we don't even have to try against Arizona State. We I have a feeling look- that's the case. We just whooped up on Oregon. We're chilling. Yeah. Well, they better get it right for next week. They go against Stanford, and obviously we saw Stanford upset Colorado last week. Something could happen there. But, yeah, I think, you know, moving forward, just Washington's got to clean some things up on the offense. I think they're uh, – it definitely feels like they're missing a little bit of something here. Uh, but let's move on to the next game. Number six, Oklahoma. 31, UCF almost takes it. UCF, 29. 
John Reese Plumley, a pretty solid game for UCF, starting at quarterback, 16 for 30, 248, two touchdowns, and uh, no interceptions for him. But Dylan Gabriel, a pretty solid game for him as well, 25, 38, 253, three touchdowns, and an interception. Oklahoma just barely, barely squeaking this one out. Yeah, I think we froze there a little bit. So yeah, you I was did, a little but lost. it's all good. You're talking about Oklahoma UCF? Yeah. Dude. It's close. I want I wanted John Rice to get that two point conversion more than anything. Yeah. On Saturday. Yeah, it was tough. I was a brutal showing for Oklahoma. Yeah. Really. I I think it was very bad. I think it was kind of a telling performance though, personally. I, I still don't fully believe in Oklahoma yet. No. Maybe I, I just, should, but I, I just I'm, simply can't. I, I'm not a big believer in their defense. Their secondary is just rough to watch. Yeah. Is when it looks at it. Like, their offense is fine. Yeah. Like, Marcus Major is a great running back. You got Nick Anderson leading in with Drake Stoops. And then Dylan Gabriel, I think, is just fine. He's exceeded all expectations this year. Mm-hmm. But UCF came out guns blazing in that second yeah. second quarter. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what happened? It's either a pick six or a fumble scoop and score I'm for watching, Miami. I'm watching it right now. I just snapped the ball. Uh, nah, oh, pick six. Yeah. Pick six? Yep. Pick six. Dang. That should wow. give us a tie game. Yeah. Damn. Wow. Let's First go. play of the drive. love to see it. That was insane. But yeah, back to Oklahoma, UCF. UCF could have taken this game to overtime. The two-point conversion failed, but this game shouldn't be this close. This UCF team is not good. Not at all. And I think once again, we see a little bit of a hangover. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yes, Oklahoma's Uh, win came two weeks ago, but they're coming off of a bye, and now it's like, what, what are we seeing here? Yeah, I don't know. They show us, should they really be the number six team right now? Yeah, well, their counterparts, Texas, didn't look good Same either. Thing. Number eight, Texas, only 31 points. They beat Houston 31-24. Uh, Quinn Ewers, pretty boring game for Quinn Ewers. Not a lot of passing yards in this one. He, I know he left with an injury. Yeah, um, and actually I got a notification about that a couple of minutes ago. Um, he's going to miss a little bit of time. With a uh, grade two AC joint sprain in his right shoulder. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they'll be just fine with Malik Murphy. Yeah, I agree. He he, he looked fine. They didn't really give him that many chances to throw, and they just fed Jonathan Brooks there at the end. Yeah, but they've thrown in Malik Murphy in the games every now and then. Even yeah. saw a couple of snaps against Oklahoma. So I, I'm I'm confident he'll be all right, and maybe we'll see Arch if anything else goes wrong. But yeah, Jonathan Brooks kind of took over on the ground, 20 carries, 99 yards, and C.J. Baxter as well, 6 carries, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Xavier Worthy had a great game, 6 receptions, 92 yards, and a touchdown. He started off that game hot, but once Quinn Ewers came out of that game, it definitely seemed like Texas slowed down, but Houston definitely just stayed in it the whole way through. And Houston got fleeced at the end. Yes. That was, that was a first down. 100% a first down. 
and like that they were in the red zone too. So that could have led to a potential game tying touchdown. If not, you go up one, you win the game. Yeah. Like that's you you cannot make that call right there. No. Like it was so obvious too. Yeah, it was like, they were, they, like I, I was genuinely like pissed. Yeah. Like I was sitting there, I was sitting there with Savi. You know, we're out on the back deck, got the TV set up. And I think we alarmed all the neighbors. Just every uh, emptying every cuss word in the book. <laughs> Letting it fly. Te- Texas, they got away with one. They should really be five and two. Or there's a good chance they should be five and two right now. Yeah, there definitely is. Um, but let's talk about the final game we'll be talking about this week. A trip or a double overtime thriller. Miami getting the win over the Clemson Tigers, 28-20. Cade Klubnik, you still suck, and so does Will Shipley. <laughs> yeah, they're not great. Like, Klubnik had 314, but 18 for 34. He threw a pick in this game, but Will Shipley's the one that that sucked uh, sucked everything out of this team. 15 carries, 44 yards, a 2.9 average. That is horrible. Yeah, well... On Miami's side, it wasn't much better. Emory Williams had a horrible game at quarterback with Tyler Van Dyke out. But the fact that Clemson lost to Miami with Tyler Van Dyke out is crazy. Yeah, they should have dominated that game. Yeah. You've got Brashard Smith on the ground for Miami. Four carries, 87 yards. Donald Chaney Jr., 17, 63 yards. Ajay Allen, 16 carries, 54 yards and a touchdown. Jacoby George somehow had zero carries, zero yards and a touchdown. I don't get why ESPN says that. He had a a touchdown. What did he do, though? I don't know. Did he he pick up like a a fumble for a touchdown? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. Well, let's. Does he have a fumble recovery? No. It just says Jacoby George zero yard run. That's all it says. Interesting. Oh well. Don't know how that happens. Yeah. That was in the first quarter. What the fuck happened? Wait, it's one play eighty yards is what it says. I, I ESPN is probably glitched as fuck, so it's fine. I'm. I'm so lost. <laughs> I don't get it. Nah, you're good, brother. Yeah, that's that's so weird. Yeah, ESPN must be fucked up. But um, yeah, like this game was insane. It goes to overtime. Miami just clutches it up in overtime, and uh, they get the win. Strong win. Yeah. Because what that improves Miami. That's their first conference win this season. Yeah. Makes them five and two. Yeah. And they're right under Clemson. Clemson's two and three for the conference. Miami's one and two. Yeah, and Miami maybe has a tough game next week against Virginia. Maybe. <laughs> we don't know. But Miami down the road, you know, NC State, Florida State, Louisville, all back to back to back. Like, that's not easy. And um it's a good way to get some confidence, just beat the Clemson Tigers at this point in the season. Yeah, absolutely. But um, with every week comes a new AP poll. And uh, wait, I want to sorry. I want to talk about one more game before okay. we go. How about it? Number twenty, Missouri 
whooping oh up God. on them Gamecocks. Did I just totally not put that on the prep sheet? I didn't see it. Nope, I didn't. You're right. All right, cool. 34 to 12. And yeah. just an absolute dominant win. Yeah, Brady Cook didn't have his greatest game, but that's because Cody Schrader did. 26 carries, 159 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah. Like, wow. But that's really all I want to say. Spencer okay. Rattler's a bum. No touchdowns. Yeah, Shane Beamer's out here fucking making excuses. Like, you know, maybe when this construction's over, we'll have a, a better presser room for the head coaches after the game. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? Why, Get the fuck over it. Maybe win a game. Yeah. Maybe make me give a fuck about what you have to say. Like, the only team you are better than in your division is Vanderbilt. And that's because they they had really they had the same overall record. But it's just because South Carolina beat Vanderbilt. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a rough season so far for the Gamecocks, but we we kind of saw it coming. Oh yeah. But like I was saying, every new week brings a brand new AP poll that we will go through. And it starts oh. off. No changes in the top six. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, Washington, Oklahoma. That's how it goes for the top six. Texas moves up one to number seven. Oregon moves up one to number eight. Bama gets two spots up to number nine. Penn State drops three spots to ten. Oregon State moves up one. Ole Miss moves up one. Utah moves up one. Notre Dame moves up one. LSU up 4 to 15, Missouri up 4 to 16, North Carolina down 7 all the way to 17 with that loss, and then uh, Louisville up 3 to 18, Air Force, undefeated Air Force, now number 19, moving up 3 spots, Duke moves down 4, Tennessee moves down 4 to 21, Tulane moves up 1 to 22, UCLA moves up 2 to 23, they surpass the crosstown rivals USC who drops 6 down to 24 with their second loss of the season, and JMU, the undefeated JMU, creeps in at number 25. Other teams getting votes, Florida, 34 votes right outside, Liberty getting some votes as well. Yeah, what a what a match. Yeah, James Madison, just to start off with this team, ridiculously good this season, and they still can't play in a bowl game. Yeah, absolutely. It is ridiculous that they can't play in a bowl game just because they just moved up from FCS. If anything, that's more reason for them to play in a bowl game. I was going to say, that's more impressive. Yeah, it's but- absurd. I will say it's like um I feel like Utah could have crept up just a little bit more. I feel like Washington should have dropped Yeah. Um uh, maybe after that game. Yeah. Like maybe, I probably would have flipped Washington and Oklahoma just after that I, game. I don't know cuz Oklahoma didn't have like a great game either. Yeah, but they like uh, Arizona State's like Trash, trash. UCF's better than Arizona State, in my opinion. So when like, Yeah, just, of course, but when it comes down to it, it's like, okay, Washington or Oklahoma, they both won, not in strong fashion. Just keep them where they're at. 
Yeah. I, I, I think know. it's going to take losses to move around up top. It's right going to it's going to get it's going to get very interesting once we get in these big Pac-12 matchups. Yeah. Well, and the big thing is like, yeah, Washington still has hard games down the road. Oklahoma has hard games down the road. Don't get that twisted because the Big 12 doesn't seem that good right now. It's not going to be an easy road. The same goes for Florida State. The same goes for Ohio State because every year they have to face Michigan. Michigan still has to face Penn State. They still have to face Ohio State. And then, of course, Georgia may be an easier route, but the SEC championship is going to be their toughest game hey, of the season, most likely. Don't, don't sleep on Mizzou. I'm not Mizzou. sleeping on Mizzou, but if they make the SEC championship, that will be their hardest matchup. Yeah, because more than likely it'll probably be either Bama, Bama or Yeah, you're going Bama? I think it's it's gonna be Bama. I what, Ole Miss is the other team? I don't know. I'm just Bama's already beaten them. Because hold on, let me look at Kiss. I was just looking at it. Um, LSU's got two losses, so they're probably not gonna get it. Well here's the thing, if if LSU beats us, then they yeah. jump us. Yeah, but that means Ole Miss, if they stay one loss, they would be ahead of LSU. Yeah, either way, all three of those teams can give Georgia a run for their money. Yeah, for sure. Especially depending on what is the future with Brock Bowers this season. Yeah, I don't know how soon we'll see him. It looks like it's going to be four to five weeks, I think is what they said. That's minimum. Yeah, we'll have to see. It's going to be a real test for Bobo. Let's see yeah. how he, you know, responds and how he involves Lad. So he had a bye week this week. So that should give him plenty of time to game plan around. Because who do they have next? They got Is Florida. It Missouri. Oh, it's, yeah, that's right. It's yeah, down in Jacksonville. That's right. Yeah, I mean, that can be a sneaky game if you're, if you're not prepped right. It could be. Florida's always not is. bad right now. Graham Mertz is not looking horrible. No. But overall, like, I don't really have a problem. Once again, um, it does suck to Penn State, you know, had to drop, but they did. They they had to drop um, after that loss. And I they think, didn't drop that far. They no, can still. No, they're it, still in it. If they get a win yeah. against Michigan, it's, it's wide open. Because think about it. If they beat Michigan and then Ohio State beats Michigan, Penn State with one loss is just – not going to play in the conference championship game. Maybe Ohio State loses to Iowa. One loss Penn State looks better than two loss Ohio State. Yep. Oh, man. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a great, great week next yeah, week. Yeah, for sure. And uh, let's go ahead and get into the matchups. I, I think there's quite the potential for some maybe more surprising than anything, but just good matchups. And I think it all starts with Oregon, Utah. Yeah. That's the game I'm circling 10 times out of 10. Number eight, Oregon goes to number 13, Utah, the hardest place to play in the country. In my mind, Um, it's not going to be easy at all. Not at all. So I'm going to go Oklahoma, Kansas. Yeah, I think that's if, a great game. It, yeah, because it's at Kansas. Yeah, like it's, it's in Kansas. So if Oklahoma comes out like they just did against UCF, Kansas can take this because their offense is explosive. Their running back is nasty. Yep, for so sure. So we'll 
we'll see. That's that's a that's a twelve o'clock slate too. So yeah, give me Duke Louisville number twenty Duke number eighteen Louisville both looked very good going into their last two games and both of them lose Louisville in upset fashion. Then they get the bye week, but Duke playing it close to Florida State. Louisville is still a four point favorite at home in this game. I love this matchup. Yeah, it's gonna be good, like you said. It's, Especially it's if Riley depend. Leonard is feeling good. Yeah, that's gonna depend thing. on Riley Leonard, a hundred percent. But I like uh, Ohio State Wisconsin. Yeah, I think it's a good matchup. Again, it's Ohio State coming into Wisconsin, and so this could be a little uh, pre look yeah. at late the night Big too. Late night on NBC in Wisconsin. This could be the preview of the Big Ten championship. Yeah. Like a hundred percent could be, uh, so I think Wisconsin's going to come out tough. Yeah, I think Ohio State's still going to come out on top, but I think it's going to be a really close game. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm looking at uh, looking at UGA Florida, of course. Yeah, I mean, of course, we were going to talk about that. Yeah, like Carson Beck and Dijon Edwards look great, but for Florida, Graham Mertz has gotten things in gear. Uh, Pearsall. Has gotten things in gear at wide receiver. I love watching him. He makes some ridiculous plays on offense. I, I, I know that UGA is favored by 14 and a half, but I think Florida plays them close. Like it's a touchdown, maybe 10 point difference in this game. I think Georgia takes it, but it's going to be close for probably two, three quarters. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I mean, looking just looking at it real quick, I mean, there's a couple games. Like, yeah, you got Kentucky-Tennessee, which will be a great yeah. – it, it's always a great matchup. Just because Kentucky's not ranked doesn't mean they're good. They're still 5-2. and two. Yeah. They just had some unfortunate losses. You know, they had uh, the Missouri loss and then the Georgia loss. Mm-hmm. I think Colorado-UCLA is one to look yeah. at. And then, honestly, BYU in Texas. I don't know. BYU, I, originally, like, looking at that game, I'm like – Okay, BYU like could be sneaky good, but I just don't I'm, know how I feel. I know they're good, but it's just not no, good enough. I'm just, seems. I just want to see like how Texas is gonna, gonna is gonna come out with Quinn Ewers on the bench. That's true. Yeah, like they're still a seventeen tricky. and a half point favorite despite Quinn Ewers being out. I think that's a little high. I think so too. Yeah, and like the over the over fifty one and a half. It's also pretty high. Yeah. But then again, Big 12 teams aren't known for their defense. Exactly. Um, so, when you're looking we'll at Group of Five, though, I'm looking at Georgia State, Georgia Southern on Thursday night. It's Southern, not State. It is. Oh, this 10:30 slate game. Yeah. Oregon State, Arizona. Great game. There's another like good that. game at that one, but it's in the Mountain West. UNLV, Fresno State. You're a big Fresno State guy. I love watching Mountain West football. I must I say. Also, if you want a little low midnight snack for you gamblers out there, 11.59 p.m. San Jose State versus Hawaii. Shit game. Shit game. But the Warriors. if you're down on your luck, I'm taking Hawaii to cover the eight-point spread. Just saying. I don't know. Yeah, we, we can't do that. No, nope. Like that. Can't do it here, but... If you'd like, you can. Um, also, over under 61 in that game. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, 
might take the over in that game if you're. Well, you uh, saw you saw the bad. over for the the Colorado game, right? No, sixty four for well, Colorado UCLA. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, and then even North Carolina Georgia Tech yeah. sixty three and a half. Oh yeah, and going up against Colorado Dante Moore, I think three straight games with a pick six. I think he's gonna make it. For it, it. Shit, Grayson, you trying to go? You trying to go to that UNC game? It's in Atlanta. Oh, at, at Georgia Tech. Yeah, I could speak with some constituents. Get us in the yeah. game. Go uh, go fuck with Drake May a little bit. Fuck you. Hey. <laughs> that's, that's the extent of our shit talking. Yeah, um, we are respectable young men. Yeah. All right. Let's let's do our uh, our stake your claim real quick, and then we'll give you our final updates before we get out of here on the games that are ongoing. All right, Colin, stake your claim right now. Do it. All right. Stake your claim. I'm just. I'm gonna stick with it. I mean, Michael Penix will be your Heisman winner, despite the shit game he just had. He's about to bounce back against Stanford and just go absolutely ape shit for six touchdowns. Okay. He's gonna have six touchdowns. Take the you know uh, why? the at least Michael Penix six touchdowns. I'm sure yeah, that no. line is ridiculous. Look, hear me out. Ready? Colorado was up twenty nine nothing on Stanford. Yep. Washington's gonna be very similar. Except for they're not coming back this time. What what's the final score looking like? Oh fuck. Um I'm thinking it's I'm, like a cool fifty six seven. That's what I I was I was thinking like fifty six three. I don't even think Stanford's gonna get in the end zone. I like it. Okay. Well the- my uh, interestingly enough, wrote this before the episode. Uh my stake your claim is that I have no idea who the fuck's winning the Heisman. <laughs> I don't. I was it's confident crazy. in Michael Penix going into the season, getting through these weeks. Last week scared me a lot. I'm just yeah. saying there's one guy out there that hasn't had a bad game. Jaden Daniels. J.J. McCarthy. I hate him, but he seems like it seems who right. F- who the fuck has they're he play- played? They're playing nobody. That's the best part for him. I, I will start talking about JJ when he plays somebody and can prove to me when he plays Penn State. That's yeah. that's literally Penn State game is Heisman or not because if he doesn't play well in that game, he's nope. definitely not playing well against Ohio State. Yeah. Also, Jordan Travis just want to bring that one up. <laughs> I knew that he's in the conversation. Good. He's in the conversation. Uh, you can't doubt it. I'm just doubting saying. it. I'm just saying. All right, final updates on the ongoing games. Right now, the Rangers, 4-2 lead. Bottom of the eighth, two outs. Jose LeClerc in the game in the eighth. What? Who's going to close the game? Oh, no. Maybe they bring in Scherzer to well, close. Chapman hasn't come in yet. Oh, we'll see Chapman in the ninth. Yeah, Eovaldi went 6.1, uh, five hits, two runs, three walks, four Ks. 88 pitches. Spores came in for an inning. Uh, one hit, one walk, one K. And then uh, LeClerc has gone through only point one. So LeClerc might get the uh, wrap around into the ninth. Yeah, I got you. Also, um, no, Matt, go ahead, sorry go ahead. for Houston. Phil Maton came in one, one inning, one K. 
Neris, one inning, one hit, one walk. And Bobby, wait, Bobby Abreu's back. What? Maybe his suspension's up. No, it's, wait, Brian Abreu? Is that who it was? Was it Brian or Bobby? Am I stupid? Did I say Bobby Abreu knowing that it's not Bobby Abreu, it's Brian Abreu? I honestly have no fucking idea. I don't remember that that stuff. All right, fair enough. Uh, I don't pay. I don't pay attention to you. I don't know. He's pitching. Whatever. Um. Yeah, there's not much else to say, you know. But it's football game though. Football game is weird, man. Eagles up twenty four seventeen. Um. Why is Tyree not on the happened? field this drive? Why was Tua just sitting on the ground? I don't know, but listen, Tyreek hasn't been on the field this whole drive. It's not good. Waddle's back, though. He's got five receptions. Yeah, he's a slant king oh, right Tua now. Oh, just dropped the ball, picked it up, and... Uh, no, it was a horrible snap. Yeah. Oh, was it? It looked like he yeah. dropped it. No, it never left the ground. Damn. Um. All right. Oh, so there we go. Updates. Yeah. Eagles, 24. Dolphins, 17. Early in the fourth quarter, 11 minutes, 33 seconds to go. Um, Texas, they got out of it in the uh, the eighth strike. Yo, was that not pass interference right there? A potential pass interference call, um, if you couldn't tell. Let's see. What's the call, Colin? Nothing? Yeah, there's no flag. No flag on the play. So that, that's a pick by... That- it's your Darius uh, play. That shove looked a little early. I don't know. I think he hit him oh. kind of right as Slay caught it. Oh, wait. hold on. No, that was that was because he was making a play back to the ball, and I think it was Bradbury that was pulling him back and preventing him from going after the ball. Either way, it's I don't, I don't think you can't argue it. So yeah, it's just a missed yeah. call. I don't know. I think that was clean personally. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us, man. Our first ever Monday episode. I think it went fantastic. Just over yeah. two hours. Perfect timing. That was great. All right. Vibing. Well, um, as a reminder, make sure you're following us on all the social media accounts. Uh, I'm going to switch it back over to the other screen. It's all the ones right here below us right now. All these ones down here at the bottom. Yeah, go follow us on all those. But... As I look deep into your eyes on the YouTube, you know exactly what I'm about to ask you for. Like, subscribe, comment, turn on notifications, all of it. If you're listening to me and you hear me deep into your ears, I I am your inner monologue right now. You're going to stop what you're doing. If you're driving, once you're done driving, you're going to stop and do this. Just pick up your keys. (laughs) Once you stop driving, because you're obviously listening to this, not watching it since you're in the car, you're going to go on your phone. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, you're going to look at it, and you're going to go, wow, there's their link tree, and you're going to go to that link tree. You're going to follow us on all of our social media accounts, but you're also going to follow us on that podcast platform, and you're going to rate that podcast five stars. And if you really... Are you holding up a PlayStation 4? Yes, sir. What the fuck? Okay, whatever. (laughs) If you really want to show the support for the show, though, the best way to do it, whether you like or you follow or anything, is to share. 
because sharing is caring. So make sure you're sharing that podcast with everyone, people you love, people you hate, people that you put up with, whatever it may be. You're going to share this podcast with them because you enjoy it and everybody else should. So uh, with that being said, Colin, anything for the people? Yeah, I mean, yeah, just let us know what you thought about the first uh, Monday episode. Yeah, let us know. I'm going to put up a poll on my Instagram when I post the, uh, when I post the uh, promo. Did you like Wednesday episode or Monday episode? Yes, no, put it back on Wednesday. Your answers will determine everything. Um, but for now, thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'll see you guys on Friday. Colin will be back next week. Peace. Peace.